I'm done, woohoo! Not with Ecolution, but the junior cert is behind me and the summer holidays await. Well, that's not quite true. I'm currently recording this in the depths of the Donegal Gaeltacht, so expect an upcoming episode of Skelga, naturally. Here in Ireland's northwest, you get constant reminders of how tied to water our island actually is. But how often do you think about it? Do you have a river near where you live? What state do you think it's in? I do have a river near where I live. It's called the Daughter. My part of the Daughter, it's clean enough. But some other parts of the Daughter, if you go further down, when it gets more near town, it can get a lot more dirtier. The way our river works is people stock it with ice from people overfish it, so it's kind of not being as green as it could be. There's probably the glass shards in it and it's kind of really disgusting water. There's part of the plastic cup and there's some beer bottles as well. Dirty stuff all over, so it's quite disgusting to see nature swimming around that. It's important to look after our rivers because I think that every river like needs to be clean and needs to be healthy. If people just stop throwing rubbish, it would be great. We have to protect nature because most um, animals could become extinct one day. I think the river means a good place for ducks, swans and birds. If the river is like a dirty and stuff, some of the like animals could die and we don't want any of the animals or anything like that to die. I think the river is very important as it provides food and shelter to many uh, animals and it's just a great ecosystem in general. Did you know that Ireland has almost 85,000 kilometres of mapped river channels? The country has 12,000 lakes, hundreds of estuaries and over 14,000 kilometres of coastal waters. You want water? Well, we've got it. Water is our most precious resource and one that is currently under threat from drought across the planet. And according to the most recent report from the EPA, Irish waters are not in good health at all. So, today we wanted to take a deeper look beneath the murky surface, and our first stop was a river in South Dublin. We're forecast from Converse in Condalkin. My name is Jamie. The project we've done about here is the river and outside life, so we've been working on uh, dandelions. It's actually been very interesting. Dandelions have three phases, sun phase, moon phase and star phase. When it's sun phase, it's actually a dandelion, but when it's moon phase, it's a Ginny Joe. The Kamak River is a dirty river, but every second month, we have this thing called Fence of the Kamak, where we clean the river. We need to clean it up because it's our local river. Uh, I'm Tommy, Tommy Kyo. I'm the founder of a local community group called uh, Friends of the Kamak. We're sort of an offspring of the Clondalk and Tidy Towns group and we just concentrate on the area around the leisure centre here in Clondalkin and the GA pitches and do a monthly clean-up. I've lived in Clondalkin all my life. I knew this place as a field. This is farmland. I'm really the, the guy who gets them all together and gets the right people. And the people that came along and joined our group were former members of the Clondalkin Angler Society, which is a very strong fishing club here in Clondalkin in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And uh, they were really proactive in restoring the, the river with young fish. Unfortunately, when the paper mill closed, the river became neglected and it's been neglected for about 30 years until we got going. Aileen and Sabrina work with Globe Ireland, a cross-Europe initiative that facilitates campaigns in schools around air quality, water and other environmental concerns. So we're all part of the Globe team. Do you know about Globe? Yeah. Why do you know about Globe? We tested the temperature of our soil. 
We observed the clouds. I was at the Globe Ireland project last week. And did you get something when you were there? Yeah, we won uh, the most interactive community. You won an award for community engagement. What we want to do is a little assessment of the Camac River. Can you hear it behind me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any idea what the quality of this amazing ecosystem and the water, do you have an idea of how healthy it is? Not that healthy. You don't think it's very healthy? No. What makes you say that? Because people keep throwing rubbish in it. I did see some rubbish too. What else makes you think that it's not healthy? I saw coins in the River Camac. And what about the water quality? Do you ever look at the water? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? It doesn't look that clean in the Kamak, but when samples of it are taken, it looks clearer than it is. Not too is. bad. I don't think the water from the River Kamak would be good for drinking because when we took samples from the river, it was clear, but it had little bits in it, and I think it might have been like pieces of plastic, so... Yeah, unfortunately, we do get uh, microplastics and bigger plastics in our rivers. It's hard to tell just by looking, isn't it? But you can get an idea. What about the positive things around here? What makes you feel better about it all? The flora and fauna. It makes it look more relaxing. And the sounds of the Mac flowing, it's just really relaxing. So what else? I what used to go fishing here sometimes with my granddad. And you'd see a bunch of fish, ducks and other animals. It's summer and on the hot days the water's not in drought. It's still flowing. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do an ecological analysis. So we're going to go into the river and we're going to do some kick samples. I'm going to get into the river and I hope I'm not going to get wet. So actually someone's going to have to keep an eye on my boots and let me know if the water comes up this high, right? Give me the heads up. So I'm going to kick around with my heel on the riverbed. So anything that's on the bottom of the riverbed is going to come up into suspension for a few minutes into the water, okay? But what else might you get? Is there anything living down there, do you think? Have you ever seen any life in the water? What have you seen? Walking here, uh, I saw two ducks. There's some fish in the river, come on. There's trout in the river. So maybe it's not such a bad place after all, right? Because all that sign of life, there's a whole ecosystem here, right? The Kamak is just one river among thousands, and it's hard to make sense of all the data around these waterways. But one organisation trying to do just that is SWAN. My name is Anton McDermott, and I'm with the Sustainable Water Network, or SWAN. So SWAN is short for the Sustainable Water Network, and we're a network of groups and organisations that includes Irish Wildlife Trust, Birdwatch Ireland, Antarctica Friends of the Earth, and other organisations that are working to protect and restore all of Ireland's wonderful waters. Uh, these include streams, rivers, lakes, estuaries, coasts, wetlands, groundwaters and seas. We do this by communicating and engaging with our, our, our government with recommendations for how we can make sure that our rivers are healthy. And these recommendations are based on good evidence from us and other experts on what would be best for our waters. We also create ways that people can get behind our recommendations so that the government listens. They're not always acknowledged, but uh, that doesn't stop us uh, doing our work, you know. So, what state are our rivers in nationally? Well, 30 years ago, as an example, we had... 500 rivers that were what we call pristine, which means the way rivers should be, they're in the best of health. But sadly today, we've only 20 of these left. So you could say our rivers are getting sick or are dying from pollution and damage. And we aim to, to change that and turn it around so we can bring lots of life and healthiness back into our rivers and all our waters. These are pretty grim statistics. So exactly what's to be done? 
20 years ago, Europe decided it wanted to do something about our rivers and why they were getting ill from pollution and damage. So they brought in what is called the Water Framework Directive. It said that all countries in, Europe, in the European Union must aim to have their waters healthy in about 20 years, with some given a, a few more years. This was to happen uh, through plans that governments in the countries would make over three different periods or cycles. And the governments are doing the, their third plan now. But unfortunately, despite what was in the plans in Ireland, the number of water bodies such as rivers, lakes and estuaries in Ireland that are healthy actually reduced over those years. So sadly now about half of them are unhealthy. It's very important therefore that the third plan does restore our waters to good health. The third plan goes to 2027 and the Water Framework Directive requires that all waters are turned around in that time. It's not always easy for people who aren't experts to see that a water body like a, a river is unhealthy. And some people are surprised then to find out that half of them in Ireland are. Well, led by Aileen and Sabrina, fourth class from Clonburris were keen to test the waters themselves. Aileen was happy to step in, leaving the children safely on the bike. She waded out and proceeded to agitate the riverbed. I'm filling up the trays with some river water and then we'll put the macrovertebrates in there, keep them alive while we're looking at the samples. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Can you, can you take this tray off me? So I'm kicking around at the bottom of the river, the riverbed, and I'm dislodging the rocks because the macroinvertebrates like to live underneath and in between the rocks on the riverbed. I think I see some shrimp so far, so let's have a look. Wow, check this out. I like shrimp. I love shrimp. Okay, so where's our first tray? Anyone like to eat shrimp? Yeah. So what I'm doing now is I'm shaking. See this net? Sometimes if you have leeches, they like to get caught in the net. Oh, it's not a leech. What does it look like? It looks like a worm. It looks like a worm, yeah. Oh, there's another one. There's another one, isn't there? Oh, yeah, mine too. Oh, look, there's a little one there. There's like, oh, wait, we got some crawly boy. Look under there, there's a few under that. Oh, they like, they do like to hide. Yeah, it's water lice. What is that? What's that? What's that? That looks like a wood lice. So there's plenty in there to look at. Yeah, I hope. I wonder what they'll find. Stay with us to find out. On the day we visited the Kamak, its banks were busy with birds and the water flowed freely. But the issues our waterways suffer aren't always easy to spot. Sometimes it takes a more artistic perspective to make sense of what lies beneath. An artist, Mary Conroy, has been trying to do just that with the Butler Gallery. The Butler Gallery is an art gallery in Kilkenny City. And I've been working with the education curator there called Holly Cairns. And she asked me to come and do a bit of research, have a look around and see if there's anything I'd be interested in working with. There's an archaeological garden here on the Butler Gallery grounds. It was a priory here in the 1200s. So I was kind of interested in what would the guys who lived in the priory have seen in the river seven, eight hundred years ago? And I figured, you know, there must have been loads of salmon and there must have been loads of eels. It must have been teeming and there must have been a lot of these, these mussels. So I kind of started just thinking about all the magic things that might have lived in the river and all the animals that are in Ireland that have gone extinct. And I just started thinking about the river as a living entity, you know, that there's so much in it. It's really alive. The project that I'm working on is called A Magic Moving Living Thing. 
and that's what I'm calling the river. And we have loads of folklore about rivers in Ireland and it's kind of ingrained in our culture. Rivers and the importance of the rivers. So they are, they're kind of magic. You know, you hear all the mythology about rivers and all the water demons and water monsters. So they have this magic air about them and they're, they're constantly moving. They never stop. You know, is it a Greek proverb that says you, you can never put your foot in the same river twice? And I think what I want to do with the work that I do is get people to look at the rivers that we have and to appreciate them a bit more. You know, maybe look a bit underneath and just understand what's happening. We worry about the environment so, so much and the ecosystems and people are planting wildflowers for the bees, which is brilliant, but maybe there is something in the river that we can do for the mussels in the same way. I do a lot of work about the environment. You know, my practice in general, I work a lot with flowers and I work a lot with animals and sometimes birds and I make things relating to rivers and forests. And what I've been doing over the last few years is I've been looking at rivers because I live in Limerick City and I'm sure a lot of you know that the River Shannon flows right through Limerick City and I'm really lucky that I live right beside the river. So I get to walk across the bridge every single day and I often stop and I look at all the birds and I look at all the wildlife and I look at all... Sometimes I, I see otters in the river and I've seen eels in the river and it's, it's so nice to spend that time to look at these, this wildlife. And I figure that, well, you know, a lot of us are concerned about the environment but we kind of end up being concerned about what we can see, like the trees or the flowers. And I was looking at the River Nore here and walking over the bridge and I just started to wonder what's underneath, like what's in the water? Like there's a whole other world underneath the water that we don't really think about. We kind of think about what's on the banks or we think about what's on the surface. So I started doing a bit of reading about the rivers here and I came across loads of interesting creatures that we have and lots of them are endangered. But I, I really thought these little mussels were interesting because they're, they're so special and they're so unique and they're really critically endangered, like they're in a lot of trouble. So these are some clay mussels that I made as part of a workshop with people in the Butler Gallery in Kilkenny. Clay replicas of actual mussels that live in the River Nore. Now these are freshwater pearl mussels, so they're really unique in that they live in freshwater. We're probably all really familiar with mussels that you eat, but they come from the sea. But the ones that I've been working with are ones that live in rivers. And they live in rivers all over Ireland and they live in rivers all over the world. But there's one particular type that only lives in the River Nore in Kilkenny. And it's highly endangered. It's critically endangered. It's probably going to go extinct soon. So what I've been doing is I got some of the old shells from some of the old mussels from a biologist that's been studying them for years. And I made moulds out of them, like you would with um, Play-Doh, I guess. And then what we did is we got porcelain clay and we pressed it into the moulds, took it out and we made these lovely replica mussels in porcelain clay. If you want, I can go and show you the archaeology garden here in the Butler Gallery and I'll show you where we're going to put them in. Back in the day... Back in the maybe medieval times or a little bit afterwards, people used to collect these mussels to see if they had pearls in them. There's not really pearls in them anymore, so there's no point going out and finding them to collect them. But every now and again, maybe one in 1,000 of these would have a pearl inside. But the ones these days don't really have that anymore because there's really not that many of them. These ones that live in the River Nore are kind of special because they're the only ones that can live in water that has a lot of calcium in it. It's kind of acidic. Limestone is the rock that the river flows across and the lime from the stone gets into the water. So these little animals, these little mussels have evolved over 120 million years to be able to survive in that kind of water. And they're the only ones in the whole wide world that can live in an, an acidic water like that. So, why are they in such danger? Well, these guys need super clean water. Some of these guys can live up to 120 years old. They're the oldest living animals in Ireland, which is pretty impressive. 
But what happens is when they're really, really small, they have to live in gravel on the riverbeds. And they need lots of fresh water growing around them so that they can breathe and they can get like all the nutrients out of the water. But what can happen if, if the water is dirty, if there's lots of sediment in it or lots of kind of mud or slime in it, that sits on top of the gravel and these guys can't get any fresh water. So what happens is they suffocate under the silt and the slime and the mud. I worked with um, Evelyn Morkins. She's an expert in these mussels. She's a freshwater biologist and she's a mollusk expert. And she has done a lot of work in the river here. And when she started studying these guys, there was about 5,000 of them in the river. And then they went back a few years later and there was 500. And we went to visit them at the start of this project. Evelyn brought us out into the river. We went snorkelling in the River North. And we only found one. Now, we only found one. There might have been a few more, but in healthy populations, like there might be three or 400 of these per square metre. There used to be. So you can tell by that, by the lack of wildlife in the river, that they're not, the water isn't very healthy. And they find it really hard to get enough oxygen, to get enough flowing water to breathe and to grow and to thrive. There are some of these guys still living on the River Nore, but... They're not healthy enough to reproduce. So any of the ones that are there are just going to get older and die. So essentially these things are going to be extinct in a few years' time. But they're so cool. I've, the more I learn about these guys, the more I love them. They're filter feeders, and what they do is they filter the water. So these guys actually help the water stay clean. So it's kind of ironic, you know, it's kind of a weird one. You know, it's kind of even sad that their job is to keep the water clean, but the water is so dirty they can't do their job to keep the water clean. So it's a kind of a, a vicious circle or a catch-22, you know. The sad story of the pearl mussel is important to hear, even though it's hard. It's just one among many things at risk. We've spoken often about threats to biodiversity across the country and our rivers are no exception. When we look to increase our biodiversity, when we look at how we have a biodiversity crisis, research shows that our freshwater biodiversity is showing the, the steepest decline. So if we're looking at ways to make our water healthy, we'll really increase the biodiversity and bring back the biodiversity that lives around our fresh waters. Let's return to Clondalkin. As they started to take a magnifying glass to the trays, creatures started to emerge. We've got a white tray so we can see everything that we've collected from the river. In the Kamak, we're looking for loads of different creatures, but in particular, the six that we're looking for are known as the stonefly, flattered myfly, green caddisfly, snail, leech, and waterloose. If you find these top three, that means the water is healthy. Stonefly, flattered myfly, and caddisfish. It looks like a water. Yeah, it's that one, it's that one. Don't let it escape. Oh, wait, someone keep an eye on it. I will. Come look. That's a water. Oh, that's a piece of stick. That's a feather. Oh, yeah. I think that's all we found. We've got magnifying glasses, so we're trying to look up close to all the um, insects and creatures to try and see what um, we can find. You can see all tiny oh, little worms. But we saw, like, some of these little insects having, like, babies in the water. That one. Yeah. We think it's um, leeches or a water louse. And we can see these like <laughs> tiny little worms. Like they're very thin. We can't identify them yet, but I think one of them are water worms. I think we found the... My name is Paula Galvin and I'm teaching in our lady at the Apostles School in Clondalkin for the past 24 years. 
for me, I'm a firm believer in the transformative power of education. So I really believe in kids becoming aware of real-world problems. So we would do an awful lot of um, work around environmental activism, community activism, climate activism. It's a sort of a philosophy that has governed my teaching, say, for the past 15 years. You know, we have to teach kids to really problem-solve. You know, the world is full of problems. And I think if we empower them to think critically and to problem-solve, we've won. There are white-fingered crayfish in this river here in large quantities, baby ones and large ones. And there is a plague in Ireland at the moment on these crayfish all over the country. But here in Clondalkin, they're alive and well. That looks like what my mum makes me for dinner. <laughs> that looks like the stew my uh, nanny makes. <laughs> sea cabbage. <laughs> they sound like millions, just they all escape. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. And then we found that one and it was just dancing around. Oh, hi, Michael. There have been improvements in some areas with local community efforts, like those in the River Kamak, making a real difference. But these positives are taken down by increases in pollution elsewhere. But what is causing the worst of the pollution? From their test, the EPA can see you know, what's causing rivers, lakes and estuaries to be unhealthy. And they found that agriculture is causing most of our waters to be unhealthy. Uh, and this is with pollution and, and uh, other damage. The pollution from agriculture comes mostly from when farmers put what are called nutrients on plants to help them grow. But the nutrients the plants don't use ends up being washed into the rivers. When these nutrients get in the rivers, other plants like algae use them to grow. They grow too much and start taking out the oxygen from the water. So fish and plants can't get enough and start dying off. This then goes on to affect other animals in the, the water ecosystem. These nutrients that are spread on fields can be for plants like vegetables, for food or for humans or in Ireland, a lot of it is used for grass, for animals like cows. And then farm animals, poo and wee, can also get into water, polluting it further. But then um, after agriculture, it's actually our own poo and wee, or what we call sewage, that causes a lot of pollution. Did you know that we put enough raw sewage that isn't treated straight into our water, rivers and seas every day to fill three Olympic-sized swimming pools? However, most sewage is treated, which means that most of the bad elements are taken out. Sadly though, we're not doing this properly, so it's causing a lot of pollution. And this pollution has nutrients too, which causes the same problems and it also has bad bacteria. Another big polluter of our water is forestry, which can put chemicals and soil into the water and reduce how healthy it is. It's not all pollution though. When we damage how our rivers should naturally be, by damming them or dredging them, which means scooping up wildlife and mud from the river, or straightening them, or by draining the water from our wetlands, such as marshes and bogs, it can end up removing the habitats that plants and animals of these rivers and wetlands need to survive. There are other issues that cause our rivers to be unhealthy, but they're the main ones. In Europe right now, the EU is discussing a nature restoration law. The proposed laws would try and restore the health of Europe's natural habitats, more than 80% of which are deemed to be in poor health. 
In its current form, the legislation wants to restore 20% of ecosystems in Europe by 2030, and all of them by 2050. But many people feel that it will have too great an impact on agriculture and food production, and they want to stop it being made law. Without it, our wild spaces would continue to fail, including our rivers. So, is it too late, or can we make a change? The good news is that our rivers and all our waters can be restored, and the ones that are healthy can be protected. And there are plenty of ways to do this. We can stop the pollution and damage from agriculture. We can invest in proper sewage treatment. We can put the right trees in the right places so they don't cause pollution and damage. And not damaging the natural flow of our rivers or, or draining our wetlands would have a great positive impact. So nobody wants our waters to be unhealthy. And we just need to find ways to make changes that are needed urgently, but in a way that works for the people who are farming, who are foresting, involved in treating sewage, who want to get it right, you know. There are also many amazing projects for storm waters to good health across Ireland. But there's just not enough of them. So just like any other environmental issues, such as climate change, we need the government and others above to make the changes that are really needed. And, and that's what SWAN is trying to do. Okay, so what can young people like us do right now to help? Where should we start? You know, I think one of the easiest things to do is just to pick up litter. I mean, be careful around the riverbank, don't go wandering into the river, but one of the, the easiest things you can do is just to pick up bits of rubbish. And sometimes in your local group, there might be a tidy towns group, and a lot of them will work with uh, work with litter picks and things like that. You can learn more about the problems and the solutions and tell others about it, including the adults in your life. You know, many adults aren't aware of how unhealthy our rivers, lakes and seas really are because it's it's hard to see most of the pollution and, and, and the effects of it. You could start by asking people how many rivers in Ireland do you think are unhealthy or polluted? And they might be surprised to find out that half of them are and that the pollution is getting worse. Also, do you know how healthy your local water body, such as your river, your lake or your, or your estuary is? You know, what might be causing or threatening the health of your local waters? First of all, just look. Does the colour of the water look okay? Is there lots of silt in the water? Is there a funny smell? Is there signs of life? You know, look around in the trees and take it all in. So yeah, just keep it simple. We want governments to help local people have more power and, and influence to ensure their local waters are healthy. Adults can then ask politicians, will they make the changes that are needed and, and, and then vote for the politicians that act. Many politicians say they don't hear people asking about water pollution, so they don't do much about it. SWAN also has online actions that ask politicians to take action. And just like climate change, children can raise the issues of water pollution too. Just as unfair that adults are, are not doing enough to keep our waters healthy for you. Remember that all life needs water. So it's of the highest importance that we ensure our waters are healthy. The effects of the climate crisis in every country will have a huge impact. But the more healthy the ecosystems contained within any place, the better protected that place will be. And the same is true here. Healthy rivers allowed to take their natural paths lessen the threat of flooding downstream. Improvements in biodiversity within and around our rivers have multiple knock-on effects. Thriving populations of invertebrates in the water means more larger creatures like fish. More fish in the water support a greater variety of bird life. And selfishly, cleaner water might mean we can swim in the world again. And who doesn't like that? And just becoming more aware of the rivers that flow in the places we live is an important first step. We've found freshwater shrimp. We might have found a green caddisfly. We've definitely found a flattened mayfly and a stonefly. They 
thrive in clean waters and if there's just a little bit of pollution they'll die off. So what's your general feeling? What would you say? Is the water pristine? No. I don't think it is. I think the river could be completely fine. It just could have a little bit of pollution or it could have much more. But since we have all these, I think it could be fun. So we'd have to do a proper analysis to really understand it. But just based on what we did today, I'd say it's somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Because there are pollution-sensitive macroinvertebrates there and there's more tolerant ones. So I think it's kind of maybe somewhere in the middle right now. We're back putting the all of the insects back into their home where they belong. Wow. Bye, bye. Bye, little fellas. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yay, they're all out. Thanks to all the contributors today, artists Mary Conroy and the Butler Gallery, Sabrina and Aileen from Globe Ireland who are doing such amazing work with young people all across the country, Anton McDermott with Swan, Clonbarris National School in Clondalkin and their brilliant teacher Paula Galvin. It seems her students are big fans too. She's the best, the best teacher And today's Super Brain Trust contributors came from Taney Parish Primary School in Dundrum, another member of the ISSN. As we've discovered, our rivers are in trouble, but communities paying attention to them could help us turn the corner. Because I think, as we've all seen today, if students from primary school can do it, adults can do it, community groups can do it. Okay, so never mind going to the river, we're just going to roll down the hill. Today's Ecolution was produced by Nikki Coughlin with recording and edit assistance from Hugh Fowler and it was presented by me, Evie Kenny. Now, wish me luck, I'm off to learn my muck knee-lock. Slán live. If you enjoyed this podcast, RT Junior has tons of podcasts for kids of all ages. Simply search for RT Junior Radio and have a listen.